Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award-winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free, and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details. Unlaced podcast. Actually, not bad. It's <laughs> really good, bro. Well okay, folks. I start with a slogan, the welcome back to another episode of the Unlaced Podcast. A1 Mobil, man, my boy, my former teammate from Adelaide United, current Socceroo superstar, bro. Thank you so much for dialing in, um, for coming on the show, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, you know, I remember our days uh, playing together at Adelaide. Those are really, really nice days. I was we were young boys also, so yeah. it's a pleasure, man. Uh, it's a pleasure. We're, we're going to go into a bit of our journey in Adelaide because I think, like, I look back on it and I think it's so it was so much fun. But I, I think it was also really a pivotal time in your development and your growth as a as a footballer and person too mm-hmm. when you came into the first team as as a kid. But before we get into that, like, one of the things that's really unique about you and and amazing about you with what you've achieved is your background and where you've grown up and how you've come to Australia and the history before uh, football was really even an opportunity for you. So I do wanted to give a bit of background to our listeners on um, where you grew up. So from my understanding, your your background is actually South Sudanese, although you were, were raised right, or right. born and raised in Kenya, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can you explain to me a little bit about your upbringing in Kenya? Um, cause I've got a few questions around yeah. that. Cause I actually don't know too much of this, although I played with you. So a lot of this is education for me as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was born in a Kakuma refugee camp in, uh, in Kenya. Uh, so my parents, they flee South Sudan, I think it would have been 94 or 93. Wow. And they came down to, to Kenya and I was born there and I lived there for yeah 10 years, uh, until I came to Australia, um, so yeah, that's 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 a small summary of how I was, um, yeah, how I grew up. Wow. So yeah, I, I'm yeah. aware that obviously Sudan through that period was going through a lot of civil wars and there was a lot of danger there. So I can understand the reason mm-hmm. to for for everyone fleeing there. And obviously, there's a lot of a, a huge Sudanese community in Australia. But just around right. um, Kakuma in the refugee camp, like, what was that like? Because my only association with refugee camps is what I see here in Australia and they don't look like fun. They don't look like a good place to be. So was it, a, was it a nice place to be? Was it a hard place to be? Was it sort of like, can you explain a bit around that? Yeah, to be honest, it's, um, it's a really nice, um, nice question. Uh, but for me, it was fun uh, because <laughs> yeah. I was a kid um, and really didn't worry. I just play with my friends and, um, and that's all I had to worry about. But when I think about it now, because I've been back uh, there a lot of times uh, since yeah. I've been back to Australia, um, seeing it from the perspective of a grown person, it's um, it's difficult. Yeah, it's really difficult. So I could only imagine like the parents, what they had to go through, you know, to try to keep uh, their kids, um, you know, just healthy, like just feed them really. Um, so to have that responsibility was something I didn't have. Right. But, Going back there as an adult, I saw it from my mom's perspective, and wow, it's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah, um, 
Yeah. They must have given you a bit of admiration to your parents as well for what they went through, I guess, or what they sacrificed to support you, you and your family. Right. It, it, it gave me everything because, um, yeah, I have a single mother. And from there, it just made me think, wow, you know, I never felt like I, I, I was missing a father because my mom just provided everything um, that she could, you know, um, yeah. just to, 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 to look after. So, yeah, I really admire my mother for that. Dude, that's beautiful, man. And, and am I right in assuming this? I actually spoke to someone the other day who played with Thomas Deng at Victory. And I was telling them I was getting you on the show and they shared with me, which is fascinating if true, but I'm sure there's some alignment to this, just how true it is. But was Tommy Deng ever in the same refugee camp as you, or did he cross over in a similar path um, to you in regards to like yeah. the South Sudanese background and growing up in Kenya? Yeah, I think he was in the refugee camp uh, just before he came to Australia. He came to Australia way before me. Uh, right. So yeah, yeah. That's in... We're actually long, long distant cousins. What? That is crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm just going to yeah. fast forward and then I'm going to come back. But why I'm going to fast forward to that is you and Thomas Deng made your debut for the Socceroos in the same game. Like that, yep. that for me, like, like back we, to back, back yeah. to, you know what I mean? Like long, yeah. long lost cousins gone through this really hard upbringing both gone into a refugee yeah. camp in Kenya and then made the move to Australia. And then you make your debut for the greatest like professional team you can in soccer in the country is mm. you must mm. just be so proud, bro. Like that's like pinch yourself kind of stuff. It's, 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 it's something you can't, you know, even if you, your, your wildest dream, you can't imagine that will happen like that. Um, yeah. Because like you, like you described, you know, uh, our journey. And we actually grew up together in Adelaide also. So we went to the same <laughs> school. We were playing in the park together um, before we went to Melbourne. So then for wow. that to happen is, is something that, you know, I'll always look back and be extremely grateful for because it's, it's a, and we all, he was playing right back and I was playing right wing. <laughs> God, so you're good. behind each other. So, so Touched was, at the hip. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, it was amazing. Dude, and for that's... our community, it was something that was special, you know. Correct, man. And, and this is what I want to get into because this is why it is amazing in the sense of not just what you're achieving because anyone who's achieving what you're doing right now is um, incredible. But the journey you've had and the fact that you've gone through this journey, this hardship and come out the other side is actually really inspiring, I think, for a lot of the young African Australian boys that are growing up in this country now. But um, just from... You mentioned Thomas Den came to Australia before you, but when did you come to Australia? What year was that? Uh, 2006. 2006. And and did you go straight to Adelaide when you came? Yeah, yeah straight to Adelaide. Yeah. Ah, so Adelaide boy through and through, huh? Yeah. Adelaide boy, man. Representing. <laughs> yeah. Represent A-town. South Australia. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. I want to talk yeah. to a bit of your time in Adelaide because... As I said earlier on on the episode, Awa and I were teammates for Adelaide United, I think between 2012 and 2014. And my initial year in the first year in the senior team, I think you were playing in the youth league for the youth team and you won youth youth player of the year. But you were training with the first team. So you were kind of, in my eyes, you were always going to be a first team player. It was just a matter of when. Um, But prior to, I guess, your Adelaide United journey? Were you just playing in the streets? Were you playing locally? Like what brought your love for football to life? Yeah, it's, it's quite funny because I never really played organized sport until I was um, 
13, 14. Yeah. And I was playing amateurs. Uh, I started at St. Augustine's. And then from St. Augustine's, I went to Playford uh, at 14. And then uh, at Playford, straight away, I got picked up by Sassy. Wow. Uh, which was coached by Tony Vinmar. So I was, it was quite funny, actually. So I was invited to trials because I'm used to being late to everything. Um, <laughs> I know. I've got some and, stories and, about this. And this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this, this was a life-changing for me opportunity, you know. Um, so I, I went to the game and I was late. Um, they already played like, I don't know, 30 minutes or something. I went behind the fence. I jumped the fence. <laughs> then I come from the other side. And then I ran. And then I say, oh, is this Tony? And then, and then yeah, he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm Awa. Um, I'm one of the guys trolling. He's like, okay. Yeah, there's not long, to le- not long left of the game, but just go on and, 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 and try to do your thing um, and, and see what happens. So I went on there and then um, I tried to do my thing. And then two weeks later, I got an email saying that I made the team. Wow. And, for me, that was the moment where I was like, yeah, this is going to change me now because this opportunity where I would be training almost every day uh, in an environment where, <laughs> firstly, my mom doesn't have to pay the fees for Correct. For, for registration. Yeah, uh, I'll be getting a scholarship. So there I really put my head down and said, okay, now it's either I do this or I'm going to end up just, you know, just wasting um yeah, this opportunity. So yeah, that <laughs> that's, was... that's amazing. So for those that don't know, Sassy said it's the South Australian Institute of Sport, which is like a legitimate program. Um, but just to clarify, so you turned up to your trial late, jumped the back fence, yeah. hit the coach on the shoulder yeah. and said, bro, sorry, I'm late, but like, I got to play. Yeah. And then two weeks later, you got in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That yeah. is, that is a womobile esque from what I knew of you as a teenager. <laughs> Oh man, that defines me a lot. Yeah, yeah, that it does. But you know what? I'm yeah. sure, knowing you, you would have screwed your head on and took took the most of your opportunity. So, progressing through Sassy was naturally a pathway into the youth setup for Adelaide United. Mm. So, I assume, at what point did you come to the youth team? Was that in 2012 when I arrived, or was it before that? Yeah. So actually, when when you arrived, I was a train on for the youth team. Um, so I was training with the youth team, but I was not playing games because I was a, a, a right. train-on player. Um, and then at the end of that season, I think it was like five or six games to go, uh, somebody got injured. And um, Valkanis told me, you know, uh, we're going we're gonna to put you on as an injury replacement player. And that was the best day of my life because, like, I was just training, training, catching the bus to training, you know. Yeah. And just to be part of Adelaide United was something that was big for me. For sure. You know, um, and to be offered a, a replacement, injury replacement contract was something that was big for me. And I think it was 2012. And then I played the last five games with the youth team. And then at the end of that, I ended up uh, getting called by Mick, Mickey. And um, I was saying I was going to get a first team contract. I was like, that's weird, but um, I was just waiting, waiting, and then it didn't come. Uh, it didn't come to life. They say you have to train with us uh, for preseason, and I, that's when I did preseason with, with you guys. Yeah, and and then the next season I played my proper youth. Um, yeah, your full contract, season, right? Um, full season, yes. And then that's when I made my debut. Yeah. So, who did you make your yeah. debut under? Which coach was it? Was it Cozzy or was it when Mickey Valkanis was the coach? Yeah, it was it was Cozzy. It was, it was Cozzy. Cozzy. 
right yeah. okay so yeah because before cozy left before cozy left yeah all right so i now now i'm up yeah. to speed because i remember it's, it's almost 10 years ago man yeah. like it's crazy to think how quick that's gone oh. but this is how time, how time flies man time flies bro and you were yeah. really from a talent point of view i think everyone could see how good you were um and even in training like you would make some of the senior boys look silly um which was funny but at the same time you you were like really raw with your ability like and it took a it took you a bit of time to understand how to work with some of your teammates and play to the play to the level of what what the coach wanted like without the ball because when you had the ball in the front third and right. you could do your thing that was like a one with bills music you know what i mean it was everything else then and and when you started to get like a bit of that happening then i feel like your journey with adelaide was just enormous like i remember playing with you um and this is funny, but like this, this is just, this is a true story. And this sums up how confident like you were with your mentality. But you, do you remember the game we played Sydney and Del Piero was playing? And this would have been your yeah. first, this would have been yeah. your first real season right. as a professional. Right, right. And, right. and I don't know how, but we had a lot of plays out that day and we got a penalty yeah. and I was the one taking yeah. the penalty. I was two you years older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was two years older than yeah. you and you were 17 <laughs> and you were like, no, no, no. I want to yeah. take it. I want to take it. And we had it. We yeah. had like a little argument yeah. on the spot. Being like, no, I want to take yeah. it. You're like, I want to yeah. take it. And I think back to that and I'm I like, yo, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. you know what? Johnny came in. It was like, Jake's <laughs> taking it. And they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's, you know what? In all honesty, what highlights to me, that story was like how, how much belief you had in yourself. And I think without that belief, you wouldn't have been able to achieve what you did at such a young age coming through the journey you did. Um, but like what, when you was what, like from a confidence standpoint, was it the work you put into the game or did you just genuinely believe you had the ability to be as good as you were? Uh, it's, I'm, I'm a very humble guy. Um, and my motto is always to, um, to work harder than everybody. Um, mm. And if someone works harder than me, I study them and try to, you know, learn from them and then try to outwork them in some sense. Mm. So I always have that belief that I can do it. And, and at that time, like, I felt like I could, I could also take the penalty. I believe in myself. Hundred uh, percent. But I could have missed, and it could, and it could have killed me. <laughs> yeah. I had that belief. I was like, I was like, I was like, it's time to take the glory. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Um, and and I was lucky. We had the senior boys, and to tell me, hey, maybe it's better not to put that pressure on yourself. Mm. Let, let somebody who's experienced at that time was you. Mm. Uh, who's one of the best kicker because Kruska was not on the field also. Yeah, that's why. So, Kruska, uh, yeah. Bruce, those players weren't there. Right, right. So I always have that belief in me that I can do uh, things, um, but it's because I think I put in the hours to, to try to deserve that. Um, but yeah. I'm never an arrogant guy. Um, no, sure not at all. Me, but yeah, I just believe in myself a lot. Uh, and believe that I can do it. Um, so yeah. that's, that's, yeah. Dude, it's beautiful. Cause there was, there's like naturally some things you could do on the field that people have to work really hard at that you could do na like naturally. And it's not too, mm -hmm. people will say it's natural, but I also think like knowing you and, and actually playing the game, you can't just do all those things naturally. Mm -hmm. Like that comes from hard work, like your skill, um, your one-on-one -on -one dribbling, your shooting, your free kick taking. I remember you were hitting like the ball with from the top of the ball, dipping it over the wall. It was like super impressive for a young kid. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about your time in Adelaide was 
after you made your debut with Cozzy, obviously Josip Gombao came in, who I've spoken on this show before about mm-hmm. um, from a coaching standpoint with with Bruce and and obviously some of the other players who were there when we when right. we were there. Um, he was an incredible coach, like, and he obviously transcended our journey and even football knowledge for I think young players like me and you at the time to learn so much more about the game. But he loved you, and um, I just wanted to get your opinion of like him. Uh, and, and I guess how he helped you through that period. Yeah, I think that was a, a big moment for me because we all remember the first day Josep came and um, I think he came straight from the airport into training or something. <laughs> um, and then, <laughs> and then uh, we had the training and and after a couple of weeks, he, we just had this bond. I don't know how to describe it. And I felt this love, you know, like it's sort of like a father figure. Yeah. Um, which I've been missing in my life and, and, and maybe I was looking for it. And then I felt somebody who's just, you know, show me that love. Mm. So it was the best, was the best thing because it's football and it's somebody who's like a, a, a father figure for me mm. uh, in a sense. Yeah. So then when he came, he's like, Hey, well, I want to resign you because I want to work with you. Um, I want to try to develop as, as, as much as, you know, um, as you can. So there I resigned and then the love I experienced from Joseph is a love I never experienced from, yeah, not many people, you know what I mean? Um, In what sense, like from, level, from like a coaching level or just for the game or like when you were playing no, under him? The game is, is almost like you can say is a, is a full package yeah. because as a person uh, and the, the vibe he brings to the team and the way he communicates with everybody, even if you're not playing, because um, I was not playing a lot. I was coming on yeah. uh, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and and I still had that hunger because he was giving me that. Because the easy thing for me to do was just to be like, hey, I, I did well when I came on. I made an assist or I scored. I need mm. to start the next game. Mm. But at the same time, he knew how to guide me and not to let me get ahead of myself. So there was a love from every aspect of um in terms of life and 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 football the yeah. knowledge uh and and what he taught us was something i went into every training knowing that i can improve i was not just i didn't go into training just saying okay we're doing this exercise today and we're just repeating that every week yeah like mondays is this exercise tuesday is that mm. it was like it's up to me to 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 decide today because yeah. this exercise is actually gonna make yeah so it was it was something that I haven't experienced uh, much since, um, but yeah, man, it's it's pretty cool because um, yeah, he did. Like I, I feel like we all developed under him because you're right. Every session, it was almost like up to the player. Like what I put in is what I'm going to get out because you know what he's teaching you. Right. Like he came from La Masia, which is coaching all the youth players in Barcelona. Like the amount of players he's coached that have played for Barcelona is mm. unbelievable. Um, but, ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, as much love as he gave you, though, and he was a father figure to you in regards to off the pitch and on the pitch, he he was also still very firm with you because of how much he believed in you, and he tried to teach you a lot of harsh lessons. And I had Bruce <laughs> on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he brought up a story that I wanted to bring up with you that I completely forgot about, and I was a part of, <laughs> right? But so just for the, for, for reference, right, Josip Gombao came to... Uh, Adelaide in 2014 and uh, probably the first part of the season they were I reckon you were coming off the bench a lot you weren't necessarily starting mm-hmm. but he was sort of molding you into the team by the end of the season very different you were starting or, almost every yeah. game 
And one of the games, which was towards the end of the season, we couldn't remember if it was Melbourne Victory or Melbourne City, but we were playing in Melbourne at Amy Park. I wonder if you're going to remember this. And I remember. I remember. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Okay, good. So there was a team meeting. I think Bruce said the day of the game, but I've got a feeling it was a day before, right? Because I'm the other piece of this puzzle. But anyway, so there's a, there's a team meeting and Josep is speaking to the players and he's saying this different movement he wants to do with Michael Zulo going here and Tariq going here and the ball up there and we cross and da-da-da. And little does Josep yeah. know yeah. that he looks up and sees Abel Mabil sleeping in the back row. <laughs> and he goes to, he goes to you, hey, what? wake up. Like, he goes, what did I say? And then Bruce said, you tried to answer him. And instead of saying, hey, I was yep. asleep, you said, no, you said to do this, do this. And Bruce records it was the complete opposite. <laughs> so what yep. Josep decided was, okay, Awa, to teach you a lesson, I'm going to call up Pal. Pal, tell Jake Barkadesh to get on the next plane to come to Melbourne. Awa, you're out of the squad. And I got a phone call and I had to get on a plane straight away to come to the game. <laughs> and then we ended up losing. Yep. And Bruce is like, you know what? At the critical part of that moment, we needed Awa. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. True story? True story? So, so, so It's a true story. (laughs) Oh, my God. Bro, I cried so much. I cried so much after that. After that, man. Because I said the complete opposite to what he said. (laughs) It's so funny to me. And and he was just like, Ewa, get out. So he kicked me out of the room. I went to the the toilet, started boiling my eyes out. Oh, no. And and then he he called you. To come, yeah, and it was the day of the game. It was the day of the, the game, was it? I can't remember. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was the day of the game. Oh my god, but man! T- that was that was a big um big learning curve for me. But um, see, that's what I tried to highlight with him. It was never personal. He in his mind, he did that to teach you a lesson, mm-hmm. not to not 100%. to do it. You know what I mean? It was all positive and like that was his yeah. thinking. Um, right, right, right. But just to, to, to highlight the end of your Adelaide United career, like you've come in as a kid, an Adelaide boy with this tough mm-hmm. journey. You've had a remarkable, you had a remarkable start to your career because you were electric. I mean, what you were doing at Cooper's, exciting the fans, scoring goals, assisting goals, taking on plays, it was a joy to watch. But winning the FFA Cup in 2014 must have been like a bit of the cherry on the cake for you as I guess you started to phase your time out at Adelaide. So... Um, I did want to understand a bit more of how the move out of Adelaide came um, and obviously into the Danish league, which, which is now still going for you. So um, I'd be interested to know a bit more about that. Yeah. Um, it was, it was a nice time to finish in Adelaide um, because we had started something special with Joseph and we all know that. Um, and we all knew that, you know, within two or three years, we were going to dominate the league no matter what. Um, because yeah, just the, fund, the, the foundation that Joseph sets were, was something that you know if you were stood to that um, Adelaide would be winning everything mm. you know um, mm. but football happens the way it does and obviously people moved on and Joseph moved on but I, I, I'm also like I'm also sad that I left early because the year after was the year Adelaide won everything and, Correct. And for me, I think it was because of what Giuseppe said. Completely set agree. I um, said this as well. I mean, without Giuseppe, yeah. uh, Bruce said that, no, Amor did things a little bit differently, but fundamentally 90% of it was what Giuseppe taught us. 100%. <clears throat> yeah. 100%. I, I, I agree with that. And 
And for me, like I, I wanted to, I've always wanted to play in Europe, and um, and I had Joseph guiding me also uh, at that time. And to be honest, I think Joseph knew he was gonna go because mm. he would have not let me go because I went to him and said, Joseph, there's there's an offer for me now. It's good for the club and it's a good way for me into Europe. So Joseph pretty much said, yeah, just take it. And I've never seen Joseph talk like that before. Yeah, he knew. He knew. I think done. he knew. Yeah. So a week after or two weeks after I left, he 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 left the club. So yeah, that was. It wasn't a sad time to leave Adelaide, but I I felt I could have developed more with one more year under Giuseppe. Yeah, but at yeah. the same time, yeah, you never know what what, what could have happened. So correct. Uh, sometimes you just have to take the move uh, that that's there, and and yeah, it happened the way it did. And then I went to Denmark, and obviously I played at the start, but then uh, the second season I didn't play so much, or towards the end of the first season I didn't play so much. So the yeah the first season when I moved over to Denmark um, there was a lot of talk in the media obviously saying he's a big talent this or that um, and then I went over there and then I played a little bit and then faded off a bit uh, didn't play as much as I would like um, but I understood why I didn't play um, so I went out on loan uh, to two seasons in a row and then I came back and ever since then I've been I've been in the team uh, at my club and. I think I've I've done okay playing a good role in, in in us winning the championship and qualifying for the Champions League. So everything has a reason, you know what I mean. Um, so that's 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 the way I look at things now. But at that time, it was hard for me to look at it because yeah, I wanted to go over and play straight away. Correct. Um, because I had I had that dream. It's I natural. To play for yeah. So then when you go to Europe, you get a reality check on some things that you need to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that 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 was the start for me in Europe. Didn't start the way I wanted to, but yeah. I've got a couple. I've got a couple of questions just around that. So first, how do you, how do you actually pronounce the club you play for? I've always had a tongue twister with it. Michelin. Michelin. Okay, FC Michelin, yeah. which is a massive club yeah. in Denmark, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go into Awa's played this down this move as a little bit, but like Awa got signed for 1.3 million Australian dollars which for any domestic player in Australia is a huge amount of money because uh, we don't have millions of millions of dollars coming at players here because obviously in the A-League, it might not be seen as the same value as other parts of Europe, but that is an astronomical fee and probably to me is very cheap um, for your ability. But just before we dive in a little bit deeper to what you've actually achieved there, because again, it's unbelievable and it's it makes me very proud. Um, h- how is the standard different? for you like you mentioned obviously you get a bit of reality check going to europe but when you say that what do you mean yeah like you mentioned at the start like you say i have a good ability one against one for example um i can do all those attacking stuff the reality check was was defending and uh you know being able to to have an end product every time you try to do something you have Mm. to try to have an end product and and also when you defend you have to defend with your life uh sort of um so that was a mindset that I didn't have before. Uh, I would just want to attack and forget about the defending part. So that was a big, big check for me and something that I had to, took me a while to understand. But yeah, it, it, yeah once I understood it, I was like, okay, that, that makes sense. Or that made sense why I didn't play so much. Right, understood. So after, yeah. after a couple of years, you went out on loan. I think one of the clubs was in Portugal. Where was the, where was the second one? Right. 
um i was in denmark in denmark as well okay beautiful so were they were they like harsh learning curves for you going there or were they actually really beneficial did you feel that actually helped you it was it it helped me uh because it helped me in a sense of just playing consistently so i can develop uh, i think you develop a lot by by playing games yeah and and there i played a lot of games and i just i had no choice but to develop um because I was facing those game situations. Yeah. But it was also harsh because it was two relegations in a row. Um, and I was starting to question myself, am I, am I good in the Why do two clubs get relegated in a row uh, that I've been to? You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah that wouldn't have been nice. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 it was tough. It was tough. But yeah, I think tough moments sometimes uh, are needed in order to, to grow. Correct. I couldn't agree more. That was beautifully said. I do want to talk about what you have achieved though, because yeah, it, it is fair to highlight that the initial year, it's always going to be hard, a young kid going to Europe. And we've seen it with a lot of young players in this country that go there. It is, it's not easy. If it was easy, everyone would be doing right. it. But um, right. you really have stuck at it because you've been, um, I guess you, as you said, you've gone out on loan two seasons in a row and your third, uh, second and third year, which would have been challenging because you obviously want to play for Michelin mm-hmm. and play in the, you know, the highest competition in the country. Uh, and also fight for right. Champions League football. But if we move forward, those hard times have obviously made some of these next moments sweeter because um, Michelin did go on to win the Danish Superliga and also the Danish Cup, you know, the two biggest trophies you can win in Denmark, um, which must be amazing. Like that that feeling for you as the club would have been huge. I, I don't know too much about the Denmark League, but any honour like that must be massive. Yeah, it's 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 something that's you know amazing for the club, and especially to win the cup meant a lot also because yeah. um, they've never won it before. I think they've been to four or five finals, and they always just seem to um you know uh, mess it up in the last moment. Wow. So to win the cup and and also the league was something that was um, amazing for us uh, to achieve, and collectively as a group it was something that helped us bond together and. And I think that's what helped us qualify in the Champions League because we we grew together. We lost the league the year before that mm. uh, by a couple of points. And we made sure that the year after we dominated. And then we we did that as a team and, and we, we won the league by, I don't know, like 18 points or something um, the following year. So that was something we grew together uh, as a team and also. Denmark in front of your home fans. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, like the fans are not as um, there's not a, a lot, a lot of fans, but the, it's 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 okay. It's similar to A League kind of fans. Same, okay. Um, and then yeah, and then you get a couple of teams where they have amazing fans. Um, yeah. So that 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 atmosphere when you play there is like it's kind of scary at the start. <laughs> You you get really scared, yeah. But after a while, you get used to it. Um, but what I like about it is, it's it's the fans they engage with the players. So like I know here in the A League, we we come out for warm up and then we club to the fans and you know wave to them. But over there, they they sing. They have a song for every player. Wow. So when you come out for warm up, uh, you're warming up and they'll sing your name. Wow. And then you 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 just leave the warm up automatically. <laughs> Leave the warm up, go and cheer to them, and there's sort of like something they do, and wow. they sing your name, and then you go go do that. Yeah, 
so like you really connect so like it really motivates you wow and, and when you score a goal they say your name and they sing your song so it's like you connect a lot i know here in the a league maybe it will come to that that point one day yeah hopefully. Um, but you really connect with the forward with the, with the with the fans in that sense and it gives you something to really play for because that's beautiful have, man you know yeah so yeah. What I want to talk about here, because I'm like, I've got my, like, this is a big win for me having you on because not only are you my friend and former teammate, but I've got a Champions League footballer on the podcast. Like, that's massive, bro. <laughs> Don't worry about you playing in the Champions League. I've got a Champions League footballer on the podcast, right? But man, I just want to acknowledge, like, Champions League football outside of the World Cup is the biggest and best and hardest competition to play in, to win uh, and to do well in. And like you have had that opportunity, obviously with Michelin winning the league uh, and playing in it. Before I go into some of the achievements you had within the Champions League, like, I just want to ask like, what, what was that like? Like we're talking about a boy from Kakuma refugee camp in Kenya that's gone through the hardship to get to Australia, that's fought his way into Adelaide, that's knocked on the, jumped the gate at Sassy and knocked on Tony Bidmar's shoulder and said, sorry, man, I'm late. <laughs> to playing Champions League football in IX in, in the Amsterdam arena. Like, man, what was that like for you? Uh, it's, when you describe it like that, like, it makes me reflect. Uh, because <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, you know, as a footballer, you're so competitive that, like, when you're playing, you, you just want to win. And you forget to look at the moments and be like, wow, man, it's been a long journey and it's something I should be grateful for. So it was it was an amazing feeling, you know. And actually right now I'm very, like, touched about it because yeah, the dude. way you described it in a, in a sense. It's the truth, you know, though, man. That's to, how it I, is. Yeah. I used to get up watching Champions League every morning. And, yeah. You know, while I was playing in it, I was not really realizing it to, to be grateful for it. But after I played in it, it was... It's yeah, it's something you can't describe. It's like, yeah, it's like a dream. It's like a dream, really. Yeah. Um, was the standard was yeah. the standard like even a level up? Was that the highest level of football you played at? Like the was, quality? Yeah, yeah. It was ridiculous, mate. Um, <laughs> the first game we had was against was against Atlanta. Um, and we conceded like three goals in like I don't know how long. And, and the coach was like, "Hey, boys, wake up! You're the Champions League." And that was like. That was like a moment where, you know, in the Danish league, we, you can make three or five mistakes yeah. and maybe they'll score one goal. Yeah. There, we made three mistakes, three goals. Yeah, That's just wow. how it was, yeah. you know. Um, and it's sort of like, it's very robotic, the players. They just know what they're doing and they don't make mistakes when they have the chances. Yeah, um, okay. So that was, yeah, that was one of the biggest lessons there. Right. So we spoke of, we spoke of me taking a penalty over you. Now... I want to talk through, so a one Bill, one thing is to play Champions League football. Another is to score in the Champions League <laughs> and to score against Ajax from a spot, uh, from the spot, like, can you talk me through before you scored that, the emotions of like, holy shit, I can score a goal in the Champions League here. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was crazy because, um, yeah, I've got the penalty and I'm like, yeah, I'm taking it. Uh, I, I, <laughs> Good boy. I, I, I grabbed the ball. I grabbed the ball and I said, I'm taking it. Um, and we normally have another penalty checker. So there's three penalty checkers. There's, there's one of yeah the main one, me. Uh, there's two other ones. So yeah, yeah. 
I won the penalty and then I'm like, yeah, I'm taking it. Uh, and then once I was there, everything just clicked in my head, man. Um, I was like, shit, if I miss, I'll probably never score in the Champions League again. But if I score, man, it's going to... People are going to be proud. People in Kama are going to be proud. So I was like, man, what, what, what do I do? What do I do? I say, just just pick your spot and, 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 and back yourself. And, and that's what I did. Uh, just pick my spot and just put it there. Try to put it there as, Bro, as I much had, power as I can. And I had goosebumps watching that. Yeah. Goosebumps, bro. Like goosebumps, wow. man. Think of think of us wow. going back again. Wow. Del Piero saying, "Bro, hey, well, I'm taking the penalty," <laughs> and then yeah, and then it's... now you're winning penalties in the Champions League and taking them and scoring them. It is, um, bro. Like I don't know if you're so close to what you're doing and achieving that you can't take a step back and go, "Holy shit!" But like I'm telling you, man. Like I'm out of it and I'm looking at it from afar and it's beautiful, bro. Like that that moment is like, yeah. Can you remember us waking up as kids? At three, four, five, six right. a.m. to watch Champions League games with the Champions yeah. League anthem, and like that's pretty cool, bro. Like yeah, that must have been awesome. You're right. I can't. I, I, I'm not the. I haven't stepped back and and sink it in yet because I'm still at that. It's hard to do that, bro, because you can't do that yeah. in your position. If you do that, then like you get overwhelmed. You need to like, right. you need to be above right. the moment. Right. You know what I mean? Because you want more of it. Right. Right. Yeah, right, so, right, 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 yeah, but right. for me, I'm below well, the moment, bro. I made, I made sure I took the ball, the Champions <laughs> League ball, and uh, I'm going to frame it one day. So, Fuck um, yeah. Yeah, I made, I managed to steal that. So, <laughs> my house, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's some of the A1 yeah. Mobile teenage days we won't go into, but... No, no, no. So, just to kick, kick on from here, because... One thing, as we mentioned, a bit of your background, South South Sudanese, grew up in Kenya. Mm. At what point were you eligible to play for Australia? Um, so was it from I the get-go? Because I remember there was challenge with like the initial getting yeah, there ready was, for there a... Yeah, there was a big challenge. So I had to get a passport and actually Adelaide United helped me a lot with that. Um, and it was Sue. You remember Sue? Yeah, Sue Tripodi. Yeah. Yeah, Mama Sue, yeah, shout helped. out. Yeah, Mama Sue, she, <laughs> she, she helped me a lot, man. And I'm really grateful to her um, for, for helping me uh, achieve that and getting the citizenship of, of becoming Australia, Australian. Wow. Um, and from there, everything was easier, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm really grateful for that. I'm really, actually, I'm very, very grateful yeah. to, um, to Allah United and... For, for yeah, for everything really, almost everything. Yeah. Can you talk me through um, a little bit around your first Socceroo game because you you had played for Australia before the Socceroos. You'd played at the Ollie Roo and maybe the young Socceroo level, I think. Um, but right, it's right. always different when you play for the senior team. I feel like and and especially as we spoke yeah. of at the start of the show, you made your debut with like a distant cousin in Tommy Deng, who is from a similar background and refugee camp as yeah. you. Um, what was that like when that moment happened? Yeah. yeah, it was it was it was amazing because um I remember we got on the bus going to the game and I was talking with Tommy, I was like, Man, have you realized if we come on today we we're gonna make history and we're gonna make so many kids, you know, uh proud and our community is gonna be and for that moment in, we didn't sink it in, but we just we just talked and said it would be really nice, but we didn't know you were going to come on. But we were just talking about it. And then when the moment came, you know, to come on, uh, Arnie was like, hey, well, come on. I was like, 
Me? Yeah, 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 come, come. So then I went on, and then a few minutes later, he puts on Thomas. I looked behind me, Thomas is there. I was like, yeah, I'm okay now. Yeah, you know, boy. Because, like, it, it just it just settled everything, man. Like, yeah. When I saw my brother behind me, it was like it was like playing at the park. Um, so I was like, yeah, I just have to be myself and then just try to do what I can do. Um, yeah, Dude, that's that's amazing. It was it's an amazing feeling. And then to go into that game, this shows your humility because you didn't even mention it. You scored on debut. Like, <laughs> you scored on debut and you celebrated. And I, I think there's an image where you're celebrating with Tommy Deng and you're dedicating it yeah. to, a, I think, a, a lost family member or, or something at the time, which, um, again, yeah, just yeah. made that moment even more heartfelt. But, like, <laughs> that's an amazing feeling. Like, that moment, again, celebrating. Were you realizing what you had achieved and what you did at that point with your brother next to you? Yeah, I still have that photo that you're talking about now. It's my background uh, <laughs> screensaver. So it always reminds me, um, you know, just Tommy smiling and me smiling is just something that's amazing, you know. And to, to also score is something that you can only dream of, you know. Not, not, not many people score for the national team. And to do it on my debut uh, is something I will forever be grateful and, 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 and uh, proud of. Um, yeah, bro. Because if I can retire right now for my, you know, finish football and be so happy, you know, because I represented my country and I've scored for my country. So, like, I'm so grateful, you know, in that sense. And it's something that's, yeah, that I'll brag about one day with, uh, with my kids. Yeah, you better. You better. I'll be, I'll be bragging for yeah. you. But um, just, like, keeping on, the, keeping on the talk track around you and Tommy and obviously your history, like, what you've achieved and you've broken a mold of, of, you know, you know, African and Australians who have, or other, other sort of nationalities that have come to this country and have struggled and have gone through tough times and not necessarily been able to break the mold of, of doing something amazing like you are. If, if you look at some of the community um, that you've come from in Adelaide or, or to some of the younger African community that's in Australia, what would be your advice to them to help them sort of make them realize that they can achieve anything in this country? They can do anything they want. Yeah, I think like one thing first is sometimes we too much of a victim. We we classify ourselves as victims and saying, "Oh, there's this, there's that. That's why I won't make it." Or they are they are racist or they are this, but that's not that's not the case. You know, you there's opportunities here that we we don't have. Um, you know, so you just have to put your head down and and work for whatever that is that you want to achieve. I think that's that's number one to work hard mm. um and and when you work hard everything will take care of itself that's 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 for sure that's yeah. for sure whether whether it's two months whether it's three years four years but if you put in that work it's gonna come yeah gonna show yeah and when you don't put put in that work it's also gonna show so no matter what is gonna show so um i think my biggest advice is if you want something just go out and get it and, and put in the work uh and you'll start to 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 see the results um, one day. Amen, brother. Amen. That was beautifully said. Um, I do want to ask you, right, um, as we sort of finish this podcast, mm -hmm. but as you said, you could retire now and you could be happy because you have achieved a hell of a lot. Knowing you and your mindset, like you don't know how to stop. You're going to keep going. And every year you are going to, going to want to get better and better and better. But at 25 years old with what you've right. achieved, playing in the Champions League, scoring a goal in the Champions League, playing for your country, winning European titles, 
like what what is it that you would want to do more like where do you where do you want to see your career go to uh, I, w- I would really love to have an impact on my national team uh, that's 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 my biggest goal now to um to go to the world cup with my national team and 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 win a game at a world cup you know that, those are what motivates me now mm. um, and club wise i want to play for in england uh, or germany you know uh, if I can make uh, one Premier League appearance, then I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, so that's that's what's keeping me going at the moment. Uh, that's my purpose and that's my um, motivation. So, that's where my head is at. Um, so I'm waiting to tick off those things. Um, I just have to keep working hard, and yeah, the rest will take care of itself. Um, yeah, bro, no doubt, man. You've had an uh, <clears throat> amazing career to date. Um, you are a wonderful, humble person, bro. Like you are, we're always really respectful, polite, never really on time, but I'll give you that. Um, but you were just a, a great teammate, man. I love playing with you. I, I always thought you were so talented. Um, but before I do round out this episode, I do want to give you a little plug because I know you're working on something in the background that we've spoken off off air that I think yeah. some of my listeners will be very yeah. interested in hearing about. So I don't, you don't have to reveal all, but I, I do want to give you this opportunity to share some of your plans of, of you know, what you're potentially looking to do outside of the pitch. Yeah, so um, as Jake mentioned, um, I'm about to start a podcast. Uh, I'm looking to start a podcast. Um to, to basically help people uh, in mental health, mindsets, um, and everything generally in life uh, to try to, you know, talk to people and let people you know, know that is, everything is okay. You just have to uh, talk and, 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 and share whatever you want to solve. Uh, so basically, I'm looking to start a podcast with, with my cousin because um, every time we talk, we talk for hours, just like we're talking now. <laughs> and for us, it's like, it's like, it's like a therapy, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's what we wanted to share with people and, and share ideas of just life, man. Um, so I hope, I hope, uh, it can be, it can go okay. And people will like it. Man. Awa Boomer Bill. I think you've won the hearts of some of our listeners. You're definitely going to win some subscribers. That's for sure. So some of those guys, people there listening today on the Unlaced podcast, please keep your eye out. We'll definitely plug it when it does come to life. Awa Bill and his cousin's podcast. Um, you heard it. You heard it here first, guys. What a what an incredible talent. What an incredible person, Awa. I wish you all the best for the upcoming season, man. I'm looking forward to watching you go hard with the Socceroos across these World Cup qualifiers as well. So, um, I'm sure we'll have to get you back on the show at some point, bro, when you're in Melbourne. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me, man. It's it's, it's a pleasure. I mean, it's nice to see you again, man. Yeah. Um, no doubt. Looking healthy and and you know um, your podcast is great. Also, just. Um, just to also mention, uh, I listened to it also. I've heard Archie Thompson one. Yeah. I'm halfway through Bruce Gitte's one. So oh, my man. I look forward to hearing the stories. My yeah, man. So, um, <laughs> keep, 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 keep it up, man. Um, yeah, it's, it's a terrific for many people. So just keep doing your thing, man. Love you, bro. Appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, love you too, brother. Take it easy, Take bro. Take care. Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. 
The multi-award winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details.